Oh, okay. There we go. All right. So now I'm actually using a new software, mainly because the software I was using originally has kind of crapped out on me. I'm not really sure um, what's going on. It's using a really high CPU usage and freezing everything up and freezing up my voice and skipping a lot of my voice. So downloaded a new software. I'm going to give it a test out. And if it works well, we'll keep using it. Um, now, before we get into anything, um, I want to apologize for this being late. I know I was supposed to have it out yesterday, uh, usually yesterday afternoon, but um, it was 100% my fault. I was actually, I flew out to Reno Thursday um, and stayed there and flew back in Monday morning, this morning. Um, which is uh, April, May, May 20th of 2019. So I don't even know what day it is. It's how, uh, it's how tired and just uh, confused, I guess, I am. Um, but hey, welcome back to uh, uh, another episode. One sec. All right, so sorry, I'm back. Um, I had a phone call. So I don't even know where I started or where I was. I wanted to say welcome back to another episode of uh, My Roommate is Karma. Um, a lot's happened. Not a lot of crazy things have happened to talk about, but a lot has happened um, considering everything uh, that I did um, the past week. So we talked about Crackhead Andy. Um, he's still doing crack. Uh, was working with him in Tucson last week. We actually paid to do a job to get kicked out of Tucson. So uh, we are no longer allowed to work out in Tucson. Um, not really much of an ownership aspect I can take on this part because I really have no idea what I'm doing at my new job. So if I knew what I was doing and things were falling apart and stuff and a lot of, and, it, and it had to do with, with me not... Uh, making sure people knew or had all the information they needed in order to get the job done correctly. I would take ownership for that, but I am one of the people that didn't have all the information I needed at the same time. Even if I did get the information I needed, I wouldn't know what to do with it because I don't know what's going on. So um, I don't know anything about the job, really. I'm just like kind of an extra pair of hands, but I'm, I'm learning a lot quickly. And uh, now our company um, is down to three employees. When there was one, two, three, four, five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of us. So, um, yeah, things have kind of fallen apart. But um, I'm going to be up in Vegas tomorrow morning. I'm going to be doing some work up there, some tech work, some easy stuff, um, and learning as much as I can that way. Um Tucson was fun, I guess. It's not really. There's just a lot of a, a lot of a crack. There's a lot of crack out there. A lot of crackheads. A lot of homeless people. Um, and nothing against homeless people or crackheads. Um, but it's definitely not somewhere I want to be ever at any point in time. Ever. So. Um, U of A. I'm surprised since it's a it's a huge uh, medical school 
um, has a has a huge medical field there with uh, the banner, the banner hospitals and you know connection with U of A. But um, a lot of a lot of people out there uh, needing help, needing some medical help for sure. Um, maybe some mental, a lot of mental help. Um, just Tucson is uh, not very fun. It's not a fun place. I don't enjoy it. It's gross. It's hot. It's uh, full of ugly people like myself, so I figured I'd fit in a little bit, but there's, I think there's just too much crazy and too much crack there for my liking, so, um, and I don't do, I do the amount of zero, uh, of crack, so, um, and I'd like to think that I have zero crazy in, uh, my brain, but moving on, um, let's talk about some current events, um, so, Denver legalized shrooms, bro. Denver's on it. Colorado, bro. Colorado is on it, bro. And here's the reason I say that is because Colorado is going to be the smartest state with the lowest unemployment rate in, in all of the states. And here's, here's why. Eventually, Colorado is going to move to legalizing all drugs. And when that happens, people that are doing smoking the crack rock, right? Or people that are huffing paint or shooting, uh, you know, heroin inside their eyeballs, all of them people are going to probably die. And then that's very unfortunate, but that's kind of how it's going to, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, if they don't find some help, and, and, you know, figure out whatever they need to figure out um, within themselves and what's going on around them, they, they're probably most likely going to die. So those people are all going to die. So and I think a lot of it would be that it wouldn't be a lot of homeless people because uh, drugs would be very expensive um, and they would be taxed really hard. So um, I think homeless people would die, but I don't think they'd be completely non-existent and for a while. But I think once when there's less homeless people, there's the few that remain will start getting more money. There'll be less people to take money from. I mean, not take money from them, but like, you know, less money to share around. So eventually these homeless people are going to get a little bit more money uh, than if like the five homeless people are going to get a little bit more money a day per the tw- like 250 homeless people that were in that are in the state or something you know what i mean so um and eventually they'll have probably enough dough to to get something that may cause them to od eventually and i'm not saying every homeless person is a uh drug addict i'm i'm saying that the drug addicts that happen to be homeless people will basically die. And then the homeless people that need jobs and aren't addicted and uh, want a better future, they'll get a little bit more flow in their pocket, hopefully be able to buy themselves a hotel room, uh, one day get a shower and possibly an interview somewhere. And I think there, there are some homeless people, a fair amount of homeless people in the world that, that, have just been screwed over by life to the point that they they still aren't giving up and they want a future for themselves, but they're struggling uh, to be able to get even a simple interview because of a uh, lack of hygiene. Um, 
And I've always thought, like, what if, dude, what if I, like, what if I made, like, a, ho- a motel, right? But the inside of the motel was entirely closed off. There's no way in or out except through the main office. And the main office has, um, I, like, I can get, pay for, um, I can get some metal detectors. I can get, uh, you know, uh. A, a pat down kind of situation going on, but then I interview, I get a lot of homeless people who come in who want a room, right? And I'll supply uh, hygiene products to every room, and I give uh, each homeless person like two months. They get two months to live there, to find themselves a job, and start getting an income in, and find a new apartment to get themselves back on their feet. And I'll have profiles for all of these people. I'll, I'll get their background. I'll try and, if their identity was stolen, I'll try and fix that issue. I'll do what I can for these people. Um, and and the issue is the funding. I would have to do it as a as a complete nonprofit, um, and just do you know public funding to help you know pay for their hygiene products and. And utilities is all it would really take. I wouldn't charge anyone rent. Um, I would pay for the land myself um, and, and hopefully not have lot fees or anything like that. But I want to be able to be have like my own stable uh, few sources of income to the point where I'd be able to um, do this for, um, for these people. And I think it would help a lot of people out. And then if there's people who try coming in with drugs, try coming in with whatever, I can, I can stop that right there. Um, I would also provide like AA, uh, meetings and stuff and they'd have to check in, um, stuff like, like alcohol anonymous and like uh, addiction meetings, stuff like that. Um, they'd have to check in. I'd have to make sure they, they attended, um, just to, just to get them the help they need in order to succeed. Um, and I think that'd be super cool. Um, I don't mean to come off too serious, Actually, fuck, fuck that. I don't even. This isn't even. This isn't a comedy show. This is not. I'm not funny, so I'm gonna be serious, dude. I think this would be really dope, and I think uh, a lot of people that uh, that abuse their opportunity that I'd I'd provide for them, they can just hop the fuck on. They want to live in the street. They don't want to take this opportunity to do something great for themselves, and 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 live a little bit more comfortably than living on the street. Then, then goodbye. You know what I mean? Sorry. Sorry, bud. But you don't get to pick pistachios today and live in a, a moderately uh, roofed uh, apartment and uh, maybe afford a bike to the point where you may be eventually able to afford a moped. So you don't get that option. And maybe even afford uh, a rundown car, and then uh, afford you know a college class or two, and then maybe afford to get your GED or something, and then maybe afford a college class or two, and then maybe maybe eventually afford to get your associ- or your high school degree, and then your associate's degree, and then and then buy yourself a really nice car, and then buy your, like get get yourself to a point of a better future. You don't get that option anymore because what you decided to do is try and sneak drugs into um, the complex and take advantage of me. If you are living there for more than two months, I'm sorry, but I can't help you. Uh, I give you plenty enough time. And and I would say every case would be different. 
Um, if there's some things I need to help them out with first, um, uh, like as far as identity theft or anything like that, um, finding helping them find a job that would accept the fact that they are kind of screwed um, until I can figure out some, some information. Um, and even possibly help find family. I think that would be great too. I don't know. I've always had this thought. I always thought it would be a really good idea, but I don't have the funding or the money to be able to do this myself. Um, and it's rough because I, uh, I would love to help people, man. But um, and I'm surprised I haven't heard of something that does this. I feel like uh, maybe there is. I think the issue is, too, I'd have to do it in multiple different places. But I'd, I'd just have to start off in one area first. And, and jump to other places, but I, I wouldn't be able to afford the funding. I think people would show up, and I'd be fresh out of rooms, you know, for a while. Um, but yeah, so let's look at, uh, that's my, that's my, uh, that's a thought I've had. Um, let's look at, uh, some current events. Um, somebody says, why is giving up? Or why giving up is sometimes the best way to solve a problem. Oh, okay, that's so that's like a college thing. Like you're struggling. It's not. It doesn't mean like if you're struggling with a say a math problem, and rather than struggling with it for a really long time, just just skip it. Come back to it in a different light. Get what it's saying. Um. College dorm fires become one an obsession. Stuff. Birds beware. The praying mantis wants your brain. I assume so. Things batshit. Um, let's see. No flight plane makes fire emergency landing in Russia. Killing four. I've seen that. I've seen that video. Um. Uh, they're being tortured and human rights being sexually. I've always focused on social. Uh, dude, I can't find none of this looks even interesting. All of this seems to be really superbly boring. Um, uh, Sarah Bland really stood out to me because it shows. Uh, I don't want to talk about racism. Uh, what happens when abortion is banned? I guess we could talk about abortion, dude. Uh, I guess we can. Why not? Because um, the whole uh, Alabama thing or something like that, trying to ban abortion and, and the way they say, like, oh, only Republicans are talking like this. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Because, like, I don't feel the same. I'm Republican. I don't feel the same way as those fucking idiots are talking about. Don't have sex if you don't want to have a kid. It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. I was like, there's little girls. There's little girls that are raped. The reason I think abortion should be entirely the woman's choice is circumstantial. I think, I don't think the government should get to choose whether a woman needs or has to have a baby. Because it's, you have to think the traumatic, the fucking traumatic experience 
a woman would go through with having being raped and then being pregnant from that rape. It's not the fact that she'll look at the kid every day and just know that it's the kid of a rapist. That's just one aspect of it. But it's the fact is, like, what situation is she currently in? Can she barely afford to feed herself because she's going through college? Is she still living under her parents' roof? Is she underage? Is she still going to high school? Is she even underage? She's in middle school. Bro, what blows me away is there are already women who are girls that have pregnant in, in when I grew up that, that were getting pregnant in middle school and high school with other kids their age that were wanting to have the baby. So and that's fine. That's if you want to do that, that's fine. That's okay. I think there should be a sit down discussion considering you guys are both underage with each other first. Because I know the kid isn't going to want to have a kid. I know the boy isn't going to want to have a kid at middle school. If he is, we have to talk to the parents and wonder what's going on at home. Why is this kid want to have a kid so soon? Maybe he's well off, you know? I don't know. You know, I I don't know their situations. But then you need to sit all the parents down and discuss what is going on. Why this occurred at such a young age. Do they really want to move forward? I don't think the parents should get to make 100% of the decision. But I don't think an underage girl gets to make that decision herself entirely. And I do not believe the government gets a choice at all. I think the government can kind of fuck themselves on this topic. Just fucked right off, dude. Because fuck them for that. Now, that's just my opinion. I don't believe in being of age, having stable jobs, having a home, having yada yada, and then just like having sex and just blowing loads inside holes for... The hell of it, just because you know you can go get the abortion. That's, and here, there's like plan B, which I know, it hardly works, and it may not work all the time. Like, okay, I don't know, I've never been through that situation, I haven't had this ever occur to me. But here's here's my point of view, I've been with my wife, we've been together for seven years, since we were in high school. And we never once had a pregnancy scare, dude. Not once. And I don't think I've used a condom since high school. So, I, when I think it's like, I think when people say, pulling out doesn't always work thing, is... A lot of the accounts where people said, no, I pulled out and she got pregnant, it doesn't always work, are fucking probably liars. I'm not saying the pull-out method works 100% of the time. I'm not saying, I'm also not saying it doesn't. 
because under my circumstance, I'm probably eight for eight right now of no pregnancy scares of how many times I've had sex. That's a lie. But um, it's a lie with how many times. I'm not sure how many times. I've never kept track after after eight, I think, actually, when I think about it with my wife. So, um, But I, I've never once. So what I'm getting at is, for me, my pull-out method is 100% effective. And a lot of people... I feel like are trying to make the excuse that it's not or or maybe they make it a wives tale saying pull out method doesn't always work use a condom you can still get a girl pregnant just so they get kids who are young to use a condom and not trust the pull out method because here's the thing when I was little and I started jerking my gherkin dude I started Slaying the schlong, shearing the calf, plucking the chicken, you know what I mean? Hoofing the goat. I was I was blowing instant loads. You know what I mean? Cause I was a late I was late to the the party, bro. I was late to the 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 child reign, bro. I was late to that. I was late to the you know, you know, the the sticky mess party, bro, I was, I didn't start jerking it until I was in, like, eighth grade, I never even thought about it, like, I was, like, I've thought sports were the world, I never, I never even thought about it, so, when I finally started, I felt like I was just, I was going to die or something. I was melting. I was, it felt like the second I, I was like a two pump chump in my own hand, bruh. So I think a lot of it has to do with parents or adults, right? Um, like myself who had that experience that know that I couldn't even control it. I like if I had had sex in that time. I may have blown a load right inside of a hole, you know what I mean? And created a child at a very young age. If somebody wasn't telling me, or if somebody had told me that the pull-out game works effectively. They're like, hey dude, pull-out game works 100% of the time. You don't need a condom, just pull out. And I'm a little kid thinking, oh, you know, like, pull-out game works 100% of the time. And I'm about to blow before I even put it in, and then the second it enters, boom! I'm I've now emptied the bucket, or both buckets, and now I have a child on the way at a young age because I couldn't help myself as a young kid, and I feel like now, um, that. I'm older, I can understand why people say it isn't effective when it it could be, and I can understand why people push condoms so much, because they even say condoms aren't even 100% effective. Well, 
even when I used condoms, this is how precautious I was. When I was using condoms, I was pulling out on top of it. So I was banging and pulling out and, excuse me, you know, letting the horses free out their stall right inside this, you know, single finger glove, bruh. I was letting it rain inside there. Outside, bruh. Because I was I was being so careful. So I think here my opinion on it is I think the government should fuck off with the abortion thing. I don't think they get to say a damn thing about it. I think they shouldn't say anything about it because they sound like retards. Um, and I don't mean to th- say that mentally challenged kids shouldn't say things about political. I mean, I'm just saying they sound dumb, right? They sound ignorant. They sound really ignorant is what I'm trying to say. So I think they should fuck off. That's not their choice. Um, I don't think it should be. I think it's it's all circumstantial. And I know there's a lot of people who argue that um, that uh, it there's a family that would adopt them. It's like you you have to understand what the world would go through already as it is right now with. Children without fathers, children without parents in general, and especially a child growing up to be 18 and realizing that he was born from a woman who was uh, like 13 and the father was a rapist. And it wasn't the fact that the mother didn't want to have this child it was the fact that the mother didn't want to have a child with a rapist she wanted a child with a significant other with somebody she loves and cares about regardless if it ended up in a divorce later anyways it's the fact of the the child was made of love was not made of of criminal activity was not made of absolute disgusting potentially death sentence criminal activity horrifying makes me sick just imagining it and it's like now you have a child that's like I don't even know what like doesn't even know what to, like try and just put yourself in that shoes imagine if if you're out if you listen to this and I know I don't get many listeners right now I want to get as many as I can but imagine if you're listening to this and you don't have a mother and a father say and and you never got to meet you don't even know who they are right you never had a mother, a real mother and father, but you come to find this out about them. You are your own generation of person 
you could fucking hell, you could be, you know, manufactured and feel better about it than that. Well, my mom didn't want me. That's not what it's about. That wasn't what it was about at all. You are, you are going to college and you're finding this out. You're going to college and you're finding this out. Imagine where you would have been had your mother had you and kept you at 13 years old. Showers once a week, maybe. Single wide trailer. Mother's a server at Denny's. Or hell, a stripper, a prostitute, possibly. And there's nothing wrong with those people. I'm just saying she has to take what she can get because now she has to spend a lot of time taking care of a child from a rape baby that could possibly be causing her a lot of mental harm. A lot of mental, you know, distraught with this child. And and she doesn't love the child as much as she sh- she should, right? Or maybe... And it just bothers her. Maybe she loves her to death, and that's why she needed to get a job. Because she has to spend time away from school focusing on her child. Time away from high school. Fucking high school, bruh. High school. <laughs> like, and now you can't afford college. And now you're going through... You know, a lot of crazy things in your mind while you're growing up because you f- you don't feel loved as a child. You don't, your mother treats you like shit or, or treats you great, but either way, you're, you go through your rebellious age and teens and you're not, you don't have the, the nice clothes, you don't have, you can't, you don't, sh- you don't smell the best or you don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm not making any sense, but this is the world I kind of grew up in. We, I've seen it all. <laughs> seen it all where I'm from. So I'm just saying I think the government should stay out of it. And love me or hate me for that. Um, I kind of don't care. Uh, let's see. Teenagers say depression and anxiety are major issues among their peers. Uh, I don't believe that. I think depression and, depression and anxiety is pushed upon a lot of kids. Not not that actually have it, but I think a lot of uh, a lot of people are self-diagnosing themselves. So, I think if you go to a high school and you ask a bunch of kids if they have depression or anxiety, and they all tab the button because it's almost like a trend now, and they all say yeah, like a bunch of them say yes, I have depression and anxiety. Um, yada 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 because it's kind of a trend not because they were actually diagnosed with it and then you go to each one and ask them have they have they got a professional opinion on this I guarantee you you ain't gonna find a damn one you might find you might find one or two out of 180 250 
1,267, you know, you're going to find a couple. Maybe. I think a lot of them are self-diagnosed, and I think it's ridiculous. Because if the anxiety was so bad, they wouldn't be going... They would get out... They would be taken out of school on some days. The anxiety would be so bad. But for what, though? See, I never had... I never had anxiety or depression when I was growing up. At least I think I don't, right? At least I think I don't. Um, and it wasn't until I was in the Air Force where... I had a really terrible leadership that was would love to point fingers. They hated taking ownership for anything. Um, and if they did something wrong, they would think of a reason why it was a younger enlisted airman's fault and not theirs. And they would point a finger and just hope that an airman would try and own up to it. Or... Not even that, they would just they would just slap the, the paperwork to a young airman. And the young airman's, you know, nobody told me this or that. Well, you should have reached out. The fuck? Bro, I'm telling you. So when I, was to, when I would go ask my leadership, hey, I need to go to the blockhouse to get this done. May I leave? Yes, you may leave. And I leave. And then I get a phone call five minutes later. Where are you? We're going to report you AWOL. And so I just talked to Sergeant, you know, so-and-so, my leadership, and asked if I could go to the blockhouse to get this done. Well, she said she didn't know where you were. And we need you to come to the office and sign this. Or you have a piss test. Okay. And I have to turn around and go back. And then they're going to give me paperwork for it, for not clearing it through my chain of command. When I did, and she's gonna say, "No, you, no, I didn't," because here's the thing with, with the position we were in on AFI status, you had to be available at all times in case any sort of paperwork on anything happened, for your reclass. While you're going through your reclass process, you need to be available, and if you weren't available. They wanted to get you for whatever they could because they did not want you in the Air Force because you'd be sitting around doing manual labor bullshit at their squadron when you've basically you've pulled all the weeds, you've raked all the dirt, you've made all the sandbags, you've done it all. You've been there for two years, and they want you out of there. So now their only option is to give you as much tedious dog shit paperwork they can to get you out. So when I would get a phone call, and I, I had Facebook, and I, I full-heartedly believe Facebook is the reason why you get spam phone calls. Try and take your phone number off your Facebook account if it's on there. You can't. You can delete your account, which is what I did. That and Messenger. But I would get spam calls. And in the military, in active duty, you need to be able to answer your... You, you should be answering your phone at all times because you do not know who is calling, and it could be leadership. So... Unless you're getting your, you know, your call, your call sheet that has, you know, chain of command, and all their phone numbers, and you're putting all those phone numbers in your, in your contacts, which I was not because I was not going to be at that squadron anymore. I was moving on to another one. No point in adding all those contacts to my phone if I'm never going to talk to them again. Completely different job.
So every time I would be leaving at the end of the day or, or for my lunch or going to get something done, like some paperwork I needed signed or, you know, something done anywhere, and I would get a phone call, my heart would sink to my stomach and I would have to pull over because I felt like puking and I'd get dizzy, afraid that someone is going to get me into some trouble for something I'm not doing wrong. And I'm someone who, who takes ownership to a very high extent. If I do something wrong, it is my fault and I, I will apologize for it and I will give you what happened and how I'm going to fix it. And if, if I am a leader in this position and something goes wrong with my subordinates, something, I tell my subordinates something and they do something wrong, I, as the leader, take ownership for that. And because of that, I'm going to go forward and say, this is my fault, not my subordinates, because I did not give clear enough instruction to make sure they got the job done at 100% efficiency. So moving forward, I'm going to make sure that this no longer happens. So that's what my leadership lacked in the Air Force. And we are very lucky. I'm just saying in my squadron, from what I've experienced, we are very lucky that we have people who have leadership trait and experiences and have signed the contract to join the military, join the Air Force, I mean. Because as far as I've seen, I've very rarely found anybody that is willing to do that. Very, very minimal people that have leadership traits in the United States Air Force. They're pointing fingers. They're weak. They're, they're book smart. But they are not good with people. Anti-social. Cry babies. Do whatever they can to make sure they don't get in any trouble. And what you don't realize is your integrity and your ownership might actually take you further. It might take you further than getting in zero trouble. Because if something happens, something goes wrong, and you can provide... In a, in a higher up chain of command, right? up When you're up, up on the fucking top of the ladder. If something goes wrong and you can provide the details. Rather than them thinking that you're pointing a finger at somebody's back. They can talk to you about constructive criticism. You can accept the constructive criticism. So when you say, this was my fault. To your bosses, to the people that you report to. They, ha- they can give you the criticism rather than sitting there and you going, oh, it was so-and-so's fault, my subordinate's fault. And they go, okay, fix it. 
quit pointing fingers and fix it. And that's all they can really tell you because who knows, to them, maybe you're right. Maybe it was their per- that person's fault, but they can't go say anything to that person. They can't go do, they can't, you know what I mean? So if you're the one that says it was my fault, my subordinate failed to complete their task because I did not give clear enough instruction and moving forward, I'm going to make sure that things are done at 100% efficiency by giving the clear instruction they need, by being a giving the selective leadership that all of my subordinates need, by understanding that not every person learns the same way, by getting to know my subordinates and how they like how they like to learn things and how they you know how they progress it's it's wild and so now when you say these things to your your leadership your higher chain of command can now look at you and say this is what needs to be done next time this can happen you can try this you can try that and they can give that constructive criticism and now there's no more weight there's no there's no lingering weight anymore they gave their input and criticism on the op, on the on the subject to the person who took ownership for it and because of that it makes you a better leader and they go we can trust this guy because he has our information now think about it be a good boss be a good manager be a good district manager because holy shit i have ran into the most dog shit leadership my entire life all of my bosses have been terrible rc willie u hall Everything I've worked, I've had terrible, terrible managers, terrible leadership, terrible district managers, people that just want to point fingers. And it's a joke, and it's sick. And people wonder why companies crash because of ego, dickheads, ignorant people. I don't know. On to the next topic. That's that's depression anxiety, I guess, we were talking about. I know I went a little far into leadership and stuff, but depression anxiety. If you're a kid and you say you have depression and anxiety and you haven't got a professional opinion, shut the fuck up till you do, please. Uh, best Nintendo Switch accessories. Nobody plays Nintendo Switch unless you're a child. Uh, humans are speeding, extinct, and altering... The natural world at an unprecedented pace. Are speeding its extinction. Uh, oh fucking well. Mushrooms may reduce risk memory problems. Maybe. Who fucking knows. Facebook opens a command post to thwart election meddling in Europe. Don't care. Silicon Valley came to Kansas schools that started a rebellion. I don't care. Dying is no reason to stop fighting. Kind of story that should ignite a spark someone within you to get you to think it should be inspired teaches us that it doesn't matter who you are or what's going on in your life that you too can stand for something you believe in and that anyone can make a difference. 
That's true. That is very true. Very true. Treating a patient with a nightmarish condition. Don't know. Uh, vintage sights, sounds of Silk City. Don't know. Uh, okay, so I don't know. Um, uh, okay, so that's about all those. So I guess I'll kind of wrap her up uh, here. Let's get the... Uh, what's my phone number on this? Who remembers my... Oh, okay. So we have a hotline that you can call or text um, and leave a comment. A Want to tell a story, ask a question. Um, just wait for the voicemail to say it's whatever, whatever it says because apparently I can't edit the voicemail yet for some reason. I'm struggling with it. Um, let it let it say what it does, and then you can leave a comment after the tone, and you get th I believe you get three minutes. Um, if you don't finish your comment after those three minutes, um, leave another comment. Call again and and continue it, and I'll be able to see it, and I'll be able to put them into files, and and I'll know like who's who, who's where, and and be able to continue. I'll, I'll, I I can do it. I can see it all right here, and I can do it. So, um, for anybody that is actually listening uh, thoroughly through the whole messages um, or through the whole uh, podcast um, and wants to, you know, wants to call in um, and wants to be on the show um, and go over something you want advice, ask for advice. Um, I'd love to give my opinion on it. I know I may not give the best advice, but I'd love to give my opinion on something or or uh, maybe you have you have comments or or an opinion on my podcast, or maybe you hate me and you want to call me and tell me to uh, eat shit. Um, I'd appreciate I'd appreciate the call. And, I, and we did get a one call, and it, and it said we missed a call, but um, they didn't leave a voicemail. So um, just let it go through and 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 leave that voice. Excuse me, leave that voicemail. Um, but that's about where I'm gonna end it. I'm going to try and get this guy, this up to you guys tonight, Monday night, um, as fast as I can for you. I apologize for it being late again. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of My Roommate Karma. And I will see you guys when I get back from Vegas and the weekend. And hopefully some exciting things happen. So I'll let you know. See you guys. Bye.